Good morning. We have our title slide up, guys. There we go. Better together. For those of you who might not know who I am, um, my name is Susie, and my husband, Ralph, and I are senior pastors here at Legacy. Um, Sound booth, if you could put up the next picture of the Aspen Grove. And I just want you to hold it there while I get my water. You can just look at the pretty picture. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a tree person. I love trees. When Oops. <laughs> Where was I going? When, <laughs> when Ralph and I moved up to what we call our, our mountain house out in the foothills, we had to instantly plant some pine trees around my house so I felt comfortable. But this is a picture of aspen trees, and I'll be talking about them um, a little bit later in my sermon. The past three weeks, Legacy Church has been doing a series called Better Together. We've also been been promoting a 10-week experience that will start next month on Wednesday nights called Rooted, and Sophia touched on that. I'll be mentioning some things about it this morning, but you'll be receiving more and more information um, about the Rooted Experience as the weeks um, go on. This morning, however, my topic for Better Together is the next slide. (laughs) It's Better Together as a Generational Church. What does it mean to be a generational church? In most people's mind, it means having a church where all ages come together on a Sunday morning and enjoy a service together. And if you'll look around our church this morning, you might come to the conclusion that we are a generational church, that we have people of all ages attending our church. And I agree that we have a multi generational church service. But if we're real honest, Sunday mornings can be a very shallow experience when it comes to true relationships. I mean, we come together once a week, we worship together, we hear a sermon, we pray we might encourage someone, we might meet, meet somebody new, but does that really make us a true church community, a true generational church, the church that God had in mind when he birthed the church in the book of Acts? Let's look at the definition for generational A generational church goes deep. It brings people with distinct life experiences, godly values, and skill sets together to work, and I'll add, to serve side by side. It is so much more than having a multi-generational church service. I know this will shock a lot of, a lot of people, and I don't even know if Ralph and I have told very many, but when Ralph and I were called to pastor here in 2007, we were actually advised by a few pastors 
to push aside anyone over the age of 30. They even encouraged us to have the board of elders step down and put in young people as our elders. They wanted us to put our focus on those 30 years old and younger because in the minds of those pastors, only the people under the age of 30 could take us to where God wanted Legacy to go. Now, you have to know that during that time, Ralph and I were hearing a lot of voices about about what we should do, what God wanted to do here at Lake Z Church. But I, can I tell you that the thought of doing what they were suggesting deeply offended us. And I knew that it offended God. And do you know why it offends? Because it's not Bible at all. It is not Bible. It's not what God's word says at all about his church. It is not his heart and is not our heart as pastors here at Legacy. We love that we have generational services, but we have felt for a long time that we need to keep transitioning to not just have generational services like this, but by following God's word to become a true generational church. Let me remind you of the definition. A generational church goes deep. It brings people with distinct life experiences, godly values, and skill sets together so they can work and serve side by side. God's plan for his church has always been to have at least three generations doing life and serving Jesus together. That is Bible. And I want to share with you the biblical pattern that God has placed in his word, which we try to follow as much as we can this morning. I want you to turn to Acts 2.17. If you don't have it in your Bibles, it will come up on the slide. This is Peter speaking on the day that the church was born. And he said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I want you to notice that in this prophecy, it speaks about three distinct generations. Not just the younger generation, not just the older generation, not just the middle generation, but it speaks about three distinct generations, all experiencing the outpouring of God's Spirit together at the same time. First, it mentions sons and daughters prophesying, and they are the youngest generation. Next, it mentions young men, and I'm going to add young women, seeing spiritual visions. And then it speaks of old men and old women dreaming spiritual dreams. I, I don't want you to get stuck on the fact that maybe Susie added something to the Bible that it didn't mention women there. Um, my, my, I forgot to give this verse to my computer person, which was Ralph. 
Um, the next verse says, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. So I just want to get that in there. But God's plan has always been to use all three generations to bring a living Jesus to a dying world. Let's go to the next slide. I'm not sure what came up. Okay, good. <laughs> the generational church community is what God calls <clears throat> the most effective vehicle for reaching a lost and dying world. Let's read that again. The generational church community is what God calls the most effective vehicle for reaching a lost and dying world. See, God placed his dream for a generational church, not only in the New Testament, at the very birth of his church, but in the Old Testament too. This scripture that I just read in Acts is a direct quote from the Old Testament in the book of Joel. Old Testament and New, there is a repeat that shows the desire of God's heart for an active generational church, a church that goes deep. It brings people with distinct life experiences together. They share their godly values. They share their skill sets, and they work side by side serving for their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me give you a little bit more proof. In the Bible, God purposely says, I am the God of Abraham. But he doesn't stop there. He said, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Three generations. This phrase is mentioned in the Bible over 50 times. Over and over again, God mentions three generations having great impact on our world. See, we need what every generation in this church has. We need what you have. We need for you to bring it to the table. God isn't just the God of some past generation, and he's not just the God of the up-and-coming generation. He is the God of all generations. A generational-minded church is more than just a church, <clears throat> excuse me, that has adult services, a youth department, and a children's ministry. It's a church where all generations serve and work together. And the rooted experience that we are starting in April, I believe, will help us accomplish that. Let me try to make this a little bit clearer for you. We have people who have beautiful white hair here at Legacy. And they are filled with life experiences and spiritual wisdom. Men and women who have gone through some crazy stuff during their long lives. And yet have found Jesus to be faithful. If we don't use this older generation as a spiritual resource, our church will be lacking. And if you are in that older generation and you are not giving to your generation or the younger generations, you're missing a great adventure that is part of God's heart for you. 
Rooted can be an easy place for you to start ministering to others, just sharing your life experiences, your ups and your downs, your faith in God. And you can't tell me, Susie, I'm finally at the age where I'm too old to do that because Moses didn't even start his ministry till he was 80 years old. He didn't start until then. I mean, how scary was that for him? And yet we needed his wisdom. We needed his knowledge, and we needed to know about his intimate relationship with a God who is faithful. We also have a middle-aged generation who walk in great spiritual authority in this church. And that authority is not only in the church building. We have some brilliant businessmen and women at Legacy. They not only have God's wisdom concerning their jobs, but also about building a godly family and raising their children. And if you could connect with them, they will release you into areas of confidence and be able to warn you about the mistakes that they have made. They can tell you how hard things are and yet how sweet things are at the very same time. If we don't use this middle-aged generation as a spiritual resource, our church will be lacking. And if you are in that generation and you are not giving your wisdom and your life experiences and your prayers to other generations, rooted can be an easy place for you to start answering the call of God in that area. And then we have a generation of youth and strength, risk takers, <laughs> explorers, wanting to go where the past generations have never gone before, spiritually and physically. And if we don't use this younger generation as a spiritual resource, our church will be lacking. And if you are in that generation and you are not talking to those who have had their own time of taking risks, or how to navigate life's new challenges, then Rooted will be a place for you to start connecting, receiving, but also giving. I don't know how many times I'm sitting at a computer and I wish I had somebody from the younger generation around just to tell me what to do, and that's a very simple example. You see, God wants us to be people that filter our choices, our motivations, what motivates you, my actions, your actions, not just with the lens of, well, this is right and this is wrong, but I want you to listen closely. Put up the next slide, guys. He wants us to filter our choices through the lens of, are you making a godly or ungodly generational impact? It's never just about you as much as you want it to be. It's never just about you. You are either having a godly impact on the generations around you or you are having an ungodly impact on them. And the wonderful thing is you get to choose. We had a perfect example. I didn't know until I got here this morning that Emerson was going to be dedicated could you see the support system of generations? We had parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, right? 
supporting, aunts and uncles supporting that baby. David and Mackenzie, even though Emerson is very tiny, need to already be thinking generational about her. It, it's, I know you're having sleepless nights. I, I know you're crazy wondering when you're going to catch up. But to begin to pray for her generationally now, to repeat what Pastor Ralph said over her, to think someday this child's going to walk into a school building, I will cover my daughter with prayer. And she's going to have the type of friends that are going to encourage her. And then someday she's going to be married and I am already praying already praying for that man that is going to walk into her life that he will be a man of integrity and a man of God and then take it even further someday that little girl's going to have a child of her own and you got to be praying generationally for your grandchildren your great-grandchildren into the future now, let's take that into the church because how wonderful to have that support system. But a lot of us come into church and we don't have that big of a family around us. That's what church, a generational church, should look like. That's where a new person walks in and we begin to impart into them and we begin to see the treasure in them and we begin to pray for them out into the future, no matter what age they are. We begin to tell them the greatness that is in God and it has to do with all of the generations speaking into a person's life. That wasn't even in my notes. That was good. See, God wants us to reflect him in thinking generationally, not just in our present time or our present moment. And I know that I want you to live with Emerson and just be embracing every moment because in a blink of an eye, she's going to be walking and going to school and stuff. But you also have to be very wise and think generationally. And if you still aren't convinced that God is generational, you need to read 1 Chronicles, where he makes sure the genealogy was written from Adam all the way to David. He lists every name, every generation. Have you ever wondered why it, you have those chapters that say, and so-and-so begets so-and-so and begets so-and-so? And because God's generational. Or in the book of Matthew, he lists the generations from Abraham to Jesus' birth. He didn't leave anybody out, even if they had a rough time in life. Every generation matters to God. And in this church, every generation needs to matter. God is a generational God and wants us to be a generational church. Remember a generational church is a church that goes deep. It brings people with distinct life experiences, godly values, and skill sets together so they can work and serve side by side. And you have to admit, just coming together on a Sunday morning, the majority of you don't get that. That is what Rooted is about. Let's go to this next slide. You can make a living by what you get if that is all you want. What you can get. What you can get out of church. 
what you can get out of your job, what you can get out of your relationships. And if that's all you want, then go for that. But what if you want to leave a legacy? A life with a godly generational impact. How do you make sure you do that? You do that by what you give. Giving to the other generations that are around you. You know, as a pastor, I fight the routine of church. I will never be satisfied with coming to church and worshiping and hearing a sermon and greeting people and then going home. I mean, it's all kind of wonderful in the moment, but that is a teeny tiny small part of my relationship with Jesus Christ. I want so much more. I want Jesus to make me uncomfortable with my comfort. And if we aren't careful, this church service can just be a form of godliness, and that scares me. If we aren't careful, we can end up denying the power that Jesus has to really change our lives and the lives of people who walk into this house. Or denying the power that he wants to give you so that you can change the lives of other people. God's heart is for us to be a generational church. A church that will bring people with distinct life experiences, godly values, and skill sets together so they can work and serve side by side. In the book of Acts, that's what they did. Being a generational church, becoming rooted will help us go from shallow to deep. I know it's a challenge. I know it might be inconvenient. I'd like to challenge you to come and, you know, wouldn't it be fun to just get with a bunch of people and laugh? (laughs) Just laugh. Find out who they really are. Do you want to find out who I really am, who the pastors really are, the other leaders, who they really are, where you want to know what? We want to find out who you really are. And most of all, we want to find out who Jesus is and who he says we are. Let's look at our last picture. Go back to the Aspen. This is the most massive organism on earth. It's called the trembling giant. And some scientists believe it to be 80,000 years old. It is a grove of 47,000 quivering aspen trees in Utah. It is a forest of one. What do I mean by a forest of one? Every tree you see in this photo is rooted are connected by one single root. It's like no other tree in the world. Instead of growing from seeds, they emerge directly from a root within the tree's underground web. Each tree is actually just a stem from the root. There's thousands of them. When a tree is damaged, the root sends out hormones to strengthen that specific tree. They are constantly reproducing from the root. 
if a fire sweeps through the grove, it actually stimulates the roots to sprout new life. They aren't bothered by difficult things. To stay alive and relevant, think about it, if it really is 80,000 years old, this grove has to rely on having trees of different way if one layer and different ages. That way, if one layer or generation dies off, there's another waiting to take its place. And because there are trees of different sizes and ages, the older trees protect the younger ones. And the younger ones give energy to the root of the older ones. If it wasn't for this grove being rooted, having one single root system, if it wasn't for each stem or tree being connected to all the others, one source of life, it would not exist. What a beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to look like. Rooted in Jesus, connected to each other, strengthening, protecting, and working side by side. Let's go ahead and have the band come up. I want us to walk towards making God's dream come true. We talk a lot about, God, you know the secret desires of my heart. God, I have dreams and I want what if we turn that? God, what is the secret desire of your heart? What is your dream for Legacy Church? And I believe it is that we become a generational church, not just having generational service, but a generational church. If you go ahead and stand, if you need prayer for any reason this morning, maybe I've challenged you and you're thinking, you know what, I want more. We're going to have people back in the prayer corner. You can see the banner back there. If you have financial need, if you have a health need, an emotional need, whatever you are in need of, God wants to touch you and minister to you this morning. Let's go ahead and sing. Sing this with me. The moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross, his blood poured out for us. The weight of every curse upon him. Battle 
Susie and I are just back from Israel. We got to go to the praying wall. It was the closest spot to where the Holy of Holies of the temple was supposed to be before it was torn down in 70 AD. And of course, we're tourists. We're, we're not native Israelites. We're tall white people. At least this one was. And so I really don't belong in that nation. I really don't belong among all those people that have the curly hair and the special hats and are speaking Hebrew. And this is their nation. And our guide, who was Israeli, said, now you all can go to that wall because that wall is as much you as it is ours. Because your Jesus died for that wall. Oh my gosh, I was the same color as them all of a sudden. It was my wall. I, I about start crying because I came all the way from America to their wall and he made it my wall. This is your church. I don't care what you think other people dress like or look like. You're dressed fine. 
You're part of God's kingdom. You're part of his family. Jesus died for you to put you here. This is your house. This is your place. Jesus is your king. You have as much right to him today as anybody who was born in Rob Warwick's family or Grandpa Madden's family or Pastor Everett's family. You're born in Jesus' family. This is your house. This is your place. You have a right to say, Jesus, thank you for letting me pray at your wall. Right now, I'm going to ask if anybody would like to be a part of God's family. You're dressed great. You're the right color. You've been born to the right people. You belong here. You have every right to pray to Jesus. But those of you that would like to just be a part of his family, raise your hand. Let me pray over his family right now. Raise your hand if you want to be a part of what Jesus is doing right now in the kingdom. I don't care who you are. Raise your hand right now. Jesus, we don't have to dress alike, look alike, or be alike. Because we have one Father, one Jesus. And Jesus, you're crying out to every heart here. Come. Be at peace with God. Be included with God. Jesus, right now, we just pray that your arms will be in, that their eyes and mind will see your arms are wide open to them. You're beckoning them to run into your arms right now, Jesus, and to be accepted and loved. In Jesus' name, just cry out to him right now. Just ask him to come into your heart, and he will run to you, the Bible says. Jesus, forgive our sins, forgive our trespasses, and let us walk white as snow into the future. And this family says to you right now, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let us and Jesus love on you all the days of your life in Jesus' name. And everybody who said amen and amen, you may be dismissed in Jesus' name.